and I'll tell you guys since we're since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo, and you're listening to the Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 43. In this episode, we are covering chapters 16 and 17 from the book Crooked Kingdom. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savienyi, casters. Hello. Hello. Hey, girl. How are you? Hey. How, how you been? <laughs> um, <laughs> stressed. Yeah. It's, it's been one of those weeks. I've... It has. I think we both have had one of those weeks. <laughs> yes, but... But we are here. We are. Exactly. So that's, that's a good thing. We're here. We're queer. We're ready to party. Get used to it. <laughs> so before we get into that, um, for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. Your tips will help us continue to bring you the Greasy Cast. You can Venmo a tip to at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or cash app, dollasan, B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Thank y'all so much. Thank you. And thank you to those who have already sent things in. Yes, absolutely. We love you. We do. So let's move on to our wonderful listener cities. Yes. First, we have Tarusa, Russia. Woohoo. Yeah. That's, that's great. And then we have Chennai, India. And Tiburon, California. Thank you so much for listening. Yay. We love you. That is literally all around the world. That's so fun. It is so <laughs> crazy every time. I And I say that every time. It's just really so weird to think that we actually have people listening to us mm-hmm. from everywhere. Yep. It warms my heart. And it's kind of cool to see also that like Lee's Grishaverse world has spread that far. Yes. And there are literally fans everywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's only going to grow. It Be- is. Like, it's just going to get bigger and Wait bigger. Wait till that show comes on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be insane. It really is. We're going to have to look out. It's it's so cool. We're going to have so many new friends. We are. <laughs> I hope they like us. They will. Well. How could they not? Yeah. And if not, sorry about it. <laughs> Sorry about it. Sorry. You can turn it off if you don't like us. Exactly. But. But don't. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You'll grow to love us. Promise. Just give us a little bit. Exactly. So I know your week was hard. Yes. It's very hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're here now. Yes. (laughs) That is the important part. Exactly. Keeping the schedule, keeping up with regular things and doing what I enjoy doing is the best therapy for me. Exactly. It, or maybe it's pretending like nothing's happening is the best therapy <laughs> for me. Just like squishing it down, deep down, and just pretend it's not happening. Until you explode. Yeah, that's pretty much... I had a therapist once tell me that I have my own little uh, cemetery. Um, and so that that actually is probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I just bury everything. And there's just these little markers everywhere and every once in a while you kick one of the markers and you're like oh god there it is so yeah that's the analogy for my that is so interesting (laughs) you have your own cemetery i do wow yep there are no mourners and no funerals because it just goes (laughs) bye-bye 
And see, immediately when you said that, I like started thinking about the movie Pet Cemetery. Oh, yeah. So, and that kind of goes, I mean, those mm-hmm. dead pets come back vicious. Yes. So, yes. I mean, Zombies are way more deadly. I mean, when you do bury stuff mm-hmm. and then when it comes back out, it doesn't exactly come out in the most pleasant way. Exactly. So a lot of therapy was digging stuff up, as he said. So. Mm. <laughs> that, Interesting. Which I don't like to do because my... like. I would rather just say bye bye forever and never think about it ever, ever again. Absolutely. Yeah. Put a well, smile on your face and just keep walking. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. I used to totally be like that. And I still am in a lot of aspects, but I also have had to learn to share some of those uncomfortable things yeah. just because it helps me grow. And I just I need to do that. Because, I don't know, I turn into a crazy person because I'm such a thinker. Oh, my God. Like, my issue is when I bury stuff, it just gets buried and stuck in my head. It doesn't just vanish. It just gets stuck there. And it's like this circle. And it's just like carousel from hell. (laughs) I do know that about you. Yes. Yeah. You know me. I do. My God. I mean, you can, especially you can tell probably, I'm sure, sometimes when we're texting And when, like, if something, like, I'm not sure about something, like, I will, oh, it's just so funny. And I know you know it, too. I do. You um, overthink things and then second guess yourself. And I never want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yes. So, like. Sometimes you're too nice. And then I have to be like, chill. Everything's okay. (laughs) And with texting, you can't hear anybody's, like. Reaction. Yes. So, like, you're just reading a text, and then in my head, I read it, and it's like, oh shit, oh oh, oops. Um, you take everything a little more personally. personally, yeah. Yep. And I, so then it's like, oh my gosh, I'm upset. Like I've upset them, and then, oh, I get so crazy. It's so funny. It's funny to think about now because um, on the yeah. uh, when I'm finally through it, I hate it when I sit there and am timing the stuff too. When, like, you think that the person that you're texting is just sitting there texting you. They're not doing oh, anything yeah. else in their life. <laughs> and There's now they're ignoring else go- you because they're angry Exactly. At you. So that's just giving my mind more yeah. time to sit there and be like, oh, wow, I've really upset them. Uh, I used to do that with emails. <laughs> and, like, like, my last job that I had that had I that was just the way you communicated and I would do that with emails like I'd send one and someone would like respond back quickly and then I would think that that's how the rest of the conversation was gonna go and when they didn't right mm. yeah no I'm the total opposite I'm more of the um screw you and I just (laughs) I put the phone aside or stop emailing and I'm just like whatever and I move on um yeah, I don't like to think about things beyond <laughs> right when it's happening. Otherwise, it's see ya. Yeah. So, and I, my whole thing is if somebody wants to be upset, they can be upset. Exactly. It's not about me. I know that I do the right thing. I know that I make the right decisions in my life. And if somebody else is angry, then they took it the wrong way. And that's not my responsibility. <laughs> that's their, exactly. So people can say that that's. Uh, I've been called Ice Princess before because of that, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But, you know, the way that you take things that I say is not my responsibility. <laughs> but see, that's why I love you so much because you – and that's why, like, I think our relationship works out so it, well. Yes. Because you help me with those We can't things. be the same. 
Oh my god, absolutely. Yeah, no. Because uh, we'd either never talk ever, <laughs> or would be like a, a whole circle of like, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Are we okay? Everything, everything okay?" And it would just oh. be this, but because yeah. like we're opposites, it just it co- it goes right in the middle. Exactly. <laughs> Thank God. Yes. <laughs> Thank God for us. Thank- right. Well, I'm just. Thank goddess for you. Mm-hmm. I'm very <laughs> thankful that I that I have you and I like it's I'm filling out this book called All About Me. I've mentioned it before. And it's just really funny because um I keep on like writing your name in it. Like it just keeps on like asking like all these just different questions and like it's this it's this pretty big book. And anyways, you and Chris just keep coming up. <laughs> and it's pretty funny and neat. And um Oh yeah, every time I talk to anybody it's Eric this and Eric that, my BFF. And I'm sure everybody's like, we get it. You have a best friend. Exactly. <laughs> and now the world knows because. I know, everyone. This isn't just Grisha cast. It's, it's best friend Best friend cast. cast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Everybody probably is just like, yeah, but it's really Grisha cast. And we're like, yeah, we know. But anyways. It's still about us. It is. And hey, we wouldn't have such a great podcast if we didn't just have so much fun talking and imagine if we hated each other oh my god i know that would not be fun for anyone no no one would like us (laughs) no yeah we would not have had 400 unique listeners in the last week which makes you think about those 400 unique listeners like that's what interesting people that like welcome yeah we we thank you so much and that (laughs) very much that just must mean that you guys are like us yeah. and we're crazy and that's what makes us perfect. It yeah. is. Exactly. So. And it makes you perfect too. Oh, we're all perfect. We all are. So I <laughs> guess maybe we should probably get into the Grishaverse. Probably. Yeah. We are definitely on the come down of Lee's interview. I know yes. we talked about that last week, but it's, um, it still feels like, I don't know. That is crazy <laughs> that it happened, but. We've got to get back to normal. We do. We've we've talked about this. It's good to like finally get back in the routine of things. So yes. um yeah, so we're back in Crooked Kingdom and we're gonna start off with chapter sixteen, which is Jesper. And so everyone is they're all they're all in the tomb, and Jesper's thinking it's starting to get a little bit crowded. It also seems that Kuwait might have a little crush on Jesper. And I'm just wondering, did anybody else catch that in the very beginning? Kuwait says um, this to Jesper about Wylan. Quote, why do you keep staring at him? Kuwait said, I look just like him. You could look at me. End quote. Anybody else see that? Yeah, I couldn't figure out if that was because his language isn't. Right. As good in whatever language they're speaking at the moment. Um. So I don't know if it was just like you don't have to look at him all the time. Maybe he hasn't caught on. But look at me. But look specific, at yeah. Specific like I mean that that cop that was just interesting to me. I was like So do we know if we like Kuwait's into it? I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying this uh-huh. was like the first hint of me seeing I was I was just like, hmm. Yeah, it was a it was a strange thing to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, we know obviously that Kuwait and Wylan look a like the same, mm-hmm. but I don't know. And it's interesting also that Kuwait like noticed it, you know, like notices, like, I mean, to notice Jesper like looking off at Wylan. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Look at me. Interesting. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up. Okay. So moving on, 
they all have bounties over their heads now. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's worth a little bit of money, except for Nina, though. Nina doesn't, and Jesper thinks that's because Vanek hasn't met Nina, hasn't been, like, introduced to her. And I had to think about that, but I guess that, yeah, like, I mean. She was on the boat. Yeah. When they went to meet him for the exchange. So. But it's mentioned that, you know, she runs with them. Like, she's a known yeah, but maybe, part of their crew. True. But I guess, like, it's just like it at, like, Vanek hasn't really had anything to do with her or see. I don't know. I don't know. It was, it's interesting. So they all start to joke around about how much um, Krug is, mm-hmm. like, how much they're worth. And that would be really interesting to know. You know, I it made me think about, like, <laughs> if someone, like, had, like, this amount of money to kill Eric. Like, well, I mean, seriously, like, how you think about that. How much would you be worth? Exactly. Like, <laughs> how much? And I don't know. I just, it's a very interesting, weird thing. I'm sure, like, when that happens, like, if that happens, you've got to, like, automatically just kind of, like, ponder more about that. Um I've never really, like, done anything that anybody would be after me for, so I don't think it would be very much. Yeah. Well, it just depends on what we do. Yeah. Or what we did, I mm-hmm. guess. So, um, well, Kaz brings it on home and reminds them that it's getting close to eight bells and that Vanek is gathering the merchant council. So here is the plan. Kaz says, here's the quote. The noise and people coming and going will provide good cover for Wylan and me to get the seal out of the safe. Nina and Inej will hit Sweet Reef at the same time. The guards patrol the silo's perimeter constantly, and it takes about 12 minutes for them to make it around the fence. They always leave someone to watch the gate, so be smart about the approach. He placed a tiny stoppered bottle on the table. This is coffee extract. Kue, Nina, Jesper, I want you all wearing plenty of it. If those shoe soldiers really can scent Grisha, this might throw them off. End quote. Those shoe soldiers is a hard thing to say. <laughs> yes. We, you did it well. Good job. Thank you. The um, care good is what, like, isn't that what they're called? The other word for them, those shoes. Because he's talking about the crazy yeah, weird. Yeah, the mechanical ones and apparently i guess the scent of coffee just throws people off yeah that's interesting <laughs> my husband definitely like is a huge coffee drinker so um well good he'd be safe he would be <laughs> just to and you know what coffee doesn't smell bad i, I like the no. smell of it yeah so it smells delicious when it's being brewed mm. i used to when i was little my mom used to pour a little bit in my milk because i liked it <laughs> like just a little bit i like the flavor Aww. of it i know but um yeah, so we're gonna not using perfume, we're using coffee mm-hmm. extract. Um Kaz asks Nina about the refugees, and Nina says there will be about seventeen of them coming along. Jesper and Wyland figure out that Kaz knew Wyland's mother actually was still alive and knew about Wyland's plan to visit her grave. Wyland asks Kaz why he led him on, and here's the quote that Kaz says because you still didn't understand what your father really is. You could have told me. You were angry. Angry wears off. I needed you righteous. Wyland crossed his arms. Well, you've got me. End quote. So um, I just find it interesting that like these little, like these secrets that we thought, like 
I thought it was neat that Wyland possibly actually got something past Kaz, but nope, he yeah. didn't. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Of course not. Kaz then starts in about the plan again. Here we go. Quote, move quickly and get everyone to the docks no sooner than 10. I don't want all of you hanging around attracting attention. We meet at Third Harbor, berth 15. The ship is called the Verhader. It sails the route from Kerch to Rafka several times a year. He rose. Stay smart and stay quiet. None of this works if Vanek gets wise. And stay safe, added Inej. I want to celebrate with all of you when that boat leaves the harbor. End quote. So they all are starting to get ready. Jesper and Wylan have a short little discussion about what, what's going to happen next after this mission is over. Wylan says his plan is to get his mother out of that place. Mm-hmm. And Wylan asks Jesper about his plans. Here's the quote. Wylan nodded to the posters on the wall. Is this really what you want, to be a criminal, to keep bouncing from the next score to the next fight to the next near miss? Honestly, Jesper knew Wyland probably wasn't going to like what he said next. It's time, Kaz said from the doorway. Yes, this is what I want, said Jesper. Wyland looped his satchel over his shoulder, and without thinking, Jesper reached out and untwisted the strap. He didn't let go. But it's not all that I want. Now, said Kaz. I'm going to beat him over the head with that cane. <laughs> Jesper released the strap. No mourners, no funerals, Wyland said quietly. He and Kaz vanished through the door. End quote. But so that's not all I want. I know. He wants. It's sweet. Like these little. He wants him. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's sweet also like that he's like, he still looks like Kuwe. And like, I know. He, um, I just, I mean, just. That's it's a very interesting situation that mm-hmm. he's in. I mean, the person that like he I don't want to say love because we don't know that, but the person he likes doesn't yeah. look like himself anymore. And he doesn't even know if he's going to look like yeah. Wylan again. <laughs> he's ever going to look like that again. Yeah. So um, that really is like that's love right there. Aww. That's I mean, that's some feelings. So feelings. Nina and Inej leave, and Jesper is now alone in the tomb with Kuwe and Matthias. Matthias asks Jesper again about Nina and about the night at that boathouse. Jesper tells him how he thinks that he saw Nina kill a soldier with some kind of dust. Because we really don't know still Mm -hmm. what happened there, but it involved dust, and the soldier was dead. Whatever that was. Right. Matthias then mentions how he saw her control shards of bone. They ask Kuwe how this is possible, and Kuwe mentions how she did survive withdrawal, which is extremely, extremely, extremely rare. He also mentions how him and his father weren't trying to make something to hurt or control Grisha when they were creating the Sturda Param, but the complete opposite. They were trying to make something to help them be able to hide their powers or subdue them without subduing to the point of making them sick. Because we've got to remember, I mean, if you don't use your powers, then mm-hmm. you get sick. You get you... mousy. Exactly. Like Alina. <laughs> yes. So um, this is going to lead us into our scene. And Terry's going to be playing Kuei. And I'm going to be playing Jesper and Matthias. Um, I just think this is kind of like an important, just kind of fun scene. And also, um, a special thank you for our background music created by 
Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26. So, are you ready, girl? I'm ready. Okay. So, curtain up. Kuei opened his pack and took out a tin of ordinary jurda, the kind sold in every corner shop in Ketterdam. Jurda is a stimulant, good for fighting fatigue. My father thinks, thought, it was the answer to helping our kind. If he can find the right formula, it will allow Grisha to remain healthy while hiding our powers. Didn't quite work out that way, did it, Jasper said. Maybe he was a little angry. The tests do not go as planned. Someone in the laboratory is loose in his talk. His leaders find out and see a different destiny for Perem. He shook his head and gestured to his pack. Now I try to remember my father's experiments. That's what you're scribbling away at in the notebooks? I also keep a journal. Must be fascinating. Day one, sat in tomb. Day two, sat in tomb some more. Matthias ignored Jesper and said, Have you had any success? Kuei frowned. Some, I think. In a laboratory with real scientists, maybe more. I'm not my father. He was a fabricator. I am an inferni. This is not what I'm good at. What are you good at? asked Jasper. Kuei cast him a speculative glance, then frowned. I never had a chance to find out. We live a frightened life in Shuhan. It was never home. That was certainly something Jasper could understand. He picked up the tin of Jurda and popped the lid open. It was quality stuff, sweetly scented, the dried blossoms nearly whole in a vibrant orange color. You think if you have a lab and a few Grisha fabricators around, you might be able to recreate your father's experiments and somehow work your way to an antidote? I hope, said Kuei. How would it work? Would it purge the body of Parem, asked Matthias. Yes, draw the Parem out, said Kuei. But even if we succeed, how to administer it? You'd have to get close enough to inject it or maybe someone swallow it, said Matthias. And by the time you were within range, you'd be done for, finished Jesper. Jesper pinched one of the jurta blossoms between his fingers. Eventually, someone would figure out how to create their own version of jurta perem. And when they did, one of these blossoms might be worth a very pretty fortune. If he focused on its petals, even a little, he could feel them breaking apart into their smaller components. It wasn't exactly seeing, more like sensing all the different tiny bits of matter that formed a single whole. He put the flower back in the tin. End scene. So, I, um, I really, I like that just because we got a little bit more about Jesper, mm-hmm. but also like Kuei and finding out more about like what really was going on with that. Um, so that there is a possibility, like you're saying, there's a chance exactly for the antidote. Right there, there's there's something. Mm-hmm. So Jesper remember remembers when he was little, he would sit in the Jurda field and he would be able to take the color out of a single jerta petal one petal at a time so he's kind of like on like just remembering when he was a child and um so he once actually spelled a curse word out in the jerta field <laughs> i want to know what that word is same here <laughs> <laughs> um 
Oh, what was that one? That funny one that we had, like we uh, your nozzle, your. Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? We even named an episode. Um, it was your vasel or something. Ah, like uh, something. <laughs> It'll come to us later. Um. So, anyways, he spelled a curse word out in the in a jurta field by taking the color out of the petals. His father was furious at first, but then Colm explained that Jesper was exactly like his mother. And his mother's name, I believe, is Aditi? Yes. And he must never use these powers again because Colm said it only brought his ma misery. So he wasn't upset, upset really at, like, the curse word. He was more upset that, like, he could, like, use these powers or, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't really go into whether like this was the first time that his father noticed that he had these powers that maybe surely not. I don't. Yeah. So I also like that in this like little story, it's ma and pa. Well, not pa or da. Da. Yeah. yeah. Jesper didn't remember his mother like that, though. So Calm said like it brought her misery. He didn't remember that. He had a wonderful time learning from her and spending the days with her while Calm worked the fields. Sometimes she would use her powers in front of Jesper to take a stain out of clothes or boil water without using the stove. She would tell Jess not to mention this to his da because it would only make him worry. Wouldn't you love to be able to, like, just take a stain <laughs> out? Like You just do all your household chores with just, like, a bloop. Oh that would my. be so great. It, it makes me think of Sleeping Beauty and the fairies. And yes. Like, or, like, like, Fantasia. Where Mickey is like controlling the mops. Oh, and everything. yes. Yeah. Oh, that is old school girl. I, hello. But we're so old. is Sleeping Beauty. Like, I mean, <laughs> the original. Like, <laughs> and we're not talking about Maleficent. We're talking about like the old cartoon yes. where, like, and the those poor little fairies weren't allowed to use any of their wands or magic. Laura, so, Fauna, and Merryweather. Yep. And they had to make that <laughs> ugly cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love it. Pink, that. blue, pink, blue. That that movie is like one of my favorites. That's my favorite. That is my oh. Disney. Everyone has a Disney movie, and that one's mine. Same here. Yeah. I love it, <laughs> and I just can always go back to it. And I think also what's really cool is just because it features a really awesome villain, Maleficent. Yes. She's so cool. She is cool. So, um, okay. So, anyways, <laughs> um, so. Jet Jesper doesn't remember like I mean he he remembers having good times with his mom and so she says don't mention this to your father he's gonna worry and here's the quote but Da did worry especially when one of his mother's Zemini friends came to the door looking for help or healing you think the slavers can't reach you here he'd asked one night pacing back and forth in their cabin as jesper huddled in his blankets pretending to sleep so that he could listen if word gets out there's a grisha living here that word aditi said with a wave of one of her graceful hands is not our word i cannot be anything other than what i am and if my gifts can help people then it's my duty to use them end quote love that i love this woman mm-hmm. um Colm says that she has to be safe for Jesper, and she replies, What kind of mother would I be to my son if I hid away my talents, if I let fear be my guide in this life? You knew what I was when you asked what I cho- that I chose you, Colm. Do you not 
now suggests that I be anything less, and like that his father's frustration was gone. I know. I just can't bear the thought of losing you. End quote. Sweet. Um, unfortunately, one night, a dusty man comes to their door and asks for Jesper's mother's help. She tucked Jess in and said that she would be back tomorrow, but she didn't return. She went to help with a girl who got ill from drinking water from a poisoned well, and um, she purged the poison out of the girl and saved the little girl's life. And here is the end of the chapter that I'm going to read, and I just, it's it's written really well, and I just love this part. So here we go. Quote, she didn't, she didn't take enough care when extracting the poison, the dusty man said. She absorbed too much of it herself. I've seen it happen before with Zoa. Is that right? Zawa. Zawa. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Zawa. Zawa. It simply meant blessed. That was the word Jesper's mother used instead of Grisha. Where Zawa, where Zawa <laughs> she would say to Jesper, Jesper, as she made a flower bloom with a flick of her fingers, you and me. Now there was no one to call upon to save her. Jesper did not know how. If she'd been conscious, if she'd been stronger, she might have been able to heal herself. Instead, she slipped away into some deep dream, her breath becoming more and more labored. Jesper slept, his cheek pressed to his mother's palm, sure that any minute she would wake and stroke his cheek, and he would hear her voice say, What are you doing here, little rabbit? Instead, he woke to the sound of his father weeping. They'd taken her back to the farm and buried her beneath a cherry tree that was already beginning to flower. To Jesper, it had seemed too pretty for such a sad day, and even now, seeing those pale pink flowers in a shop window or embroidered on a lady's silks always put him in a melancholy mind. They took him back to the smell of fresh-turned earth, the wind whispering through the fields, his father's trembling baritone singing a lonely kind of song, a Kalish air in words Jesper didn't understand. When Colm had finished, the last notes drifting up into the cherry tree's branches, Jesper said, Was Ma a witch? Colm laid a freckled hand on his father's shoulder and drew him close. She was a queen, Jess, he said. She was our queen. Jesper had made dinner for them that night, burnt biscuits and watery soup, but his father ate every bit and read to him from his Kalish book of saints until the lights burned low and the pain in Jesper's heart eased enough for him to sleep. And that was the way it had been from then on, the two of them looking after each other, working the fields, bundling and drying Jerda in the summers, trying to make the farm pay. Why hadn't it been enough? But even as Jesper had the thought, he knew it could never be enough. He could never go back to that life. He hadn't been built for it. Maybe if his mother had lived, she would have taught him to channel his restlessness. Maybe she would have shown him how to use his power instead of hiding it. Maybe he'd have gone to Ravka to be a soldier for the crown. Or maybe he would have ended up right here anyway. He wiped the stain of the jerta from his fingertips and placed the lid back on the tin. The Zemini don't just use the blossoms, he said. I remember my mother soaking jerta stalks in goat's milk. She gave it to me when I'd been out in the fields. Why? asked Matthias. To counteract the effects of inhaling jerta pollen all day. It's too much for a child's system, and no one wanted me, 
me more ex- excitable than I already was. The stocks, repeated Kue. Most people just dispose of them. The stocks have a bomb in them. The Zemini drain it for ointments. They rub it on babies' gums and nostrils when they're burning Jerda. Jesper's fingers drummed on the tin, a thought forming in his mind. Could the secret to the antidote for Jerda Parem be the Jerda plant itself? He wasn't a chemist. He didn't think like Wyland, and he hadn't been trained as a fabricator, but he was his mother's son. What if there's a version of the bomb that would counteract the effects of Jerda Parem? There still wouldn't be a way to admit that was when the window shattered. Jesper had his guns drawn in less than a breath as Matthias shoved Kuwe down and shouldered his rifle. They edged to the wall and Jesper peeked outside through the smashed stained glass. In the shadows of the cemetery, he saw lanterns raised, shifting shapes that had to be people, a lot of people. Unless the ghost just got a lot more lively, Jesper said, it looks like we have company. End quote, end chapter. So that was a lot. Um, But that story of, oh my gosh, like Jesper's mother. Yeah. Like, I just, we just hadn't gotten that much about him. Right. We've gotten like pieces of why everyone else is broken. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So that was, it was Jesper's turn. It was. We, it, we needed to find out his little backstory about why he is the way that he is. Yeah. yeah. And and, it, and I, I think it's also, it's brilliant that, like, he actually, like, I mean, oh, my gosh, maybe there's the idea of how mm-hmm. to, like, the antidote for Jirda Parham, Jesper, out of everybody. His childhood memory. I mean, it makes sense if he worked in the fields with it and he worked with it his whole life that yeah. he would know the plant really well. Exactly. And that, and then, like... It is really true, like, when you think of things, like, I mean, there are a lot of, like, antidotes found, like, I mean, found in, like, the plant or body itself, or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just, I thought it was a, I know that was a lot for me to read, but I loved it so much, like, (laughs) I just loved that part, because, like, it was just, I thought it was written really well, but, like, I thought it was just so sweet, too, like, how, like, we got some of Colm, too, like, how, Mm -hmm. like, calling, like, the mother their queen, and, like, Oh no! It just, as you said, it explains a lot. Yes. And um, yeah. So, anyways, we might um, we might have an answer there for fixing Jerda, possibly dun, dun, dun. an idea at least. We're we're heading in a direction now. We've got more than we had before. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that moves us to part four. Ooh. The unexpected visitor. Oh my god! I love that title because it's just like, who is it? I don't know. (laughs) You do know, but I don't know. Chapter 17 (laughs) is Inej. (laughs) Uh, So Nina and Inej took a little boat ride to the warehouse district. Mm -hmm. There are other boats with blue lights, and they explain that these are called corpse lights. It's a way for people to identify the body men as they cargo the dead. Oh. Remember from Kaz's story? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we learned that uh, people can't be buried in cemeteries just because there's just no room. If families had money, they could bury their dead in graveyards outside of Ketterdam. But otherwise, they're burnt on Reaper's Barge, which again, from Kaz's thing, he's had to skate from there. And this quote about it, no mourners, no funerals. Another way of saying good luck, but it meant something more, a dark wink to the fact that there would be no expensive burials for people like them, no marble markers to remember their names, 
no wreath of myrtle and rose, end quote. So that's actually the true big story behind that saying. Yeah. Because I, when you're dead, you're dead. Yeah. And, and that's it. And they can't afford, like, there's no way they can afford anything. Like, it's it's only for the rich. Exactly. So. So. That's. It's depressing. It's depressing. <laughs> Trying to move on from there. It's a little depressing. Yeah. All right. So they make it to the silos. The guards do take the 12 minutes to circle a silo. So Inej would have six minutes to cross each line from solo silo to silo. So 10 silos, which means nine crossings. Wow. Nina suddenly magically turns into a young, nervous immigrant <laughs> and uses a thick Ravkin accent to flirty talk to one of the guards saying, I came here for a job. Oh, she's so good at that. <laughs> I know. Love her. Inez uses a flash bomb, which is basically just like a bomb of light to distract the guard so Nina could just like whoop, slip into the yard. Inez climbs the first silo, opens the hatch, pours the first little chemical weevil. There's a hiss and the sugar starts moving, which makes her shiver and nervous mm -hmm. because you just have to think of like people who have fallen in and have gotten buried and suffocated oh, yeah. in those things. She um, closes the hatch up, attaches a magnetized clamp, presses a button, and then two magnetized guide wires shoot out, and they're attached to the silo across the way. She pulls out a crossbow with more wire, and on the third attempt, she gets it to properly attach to the silo. So it's taken her a little bit to get the hang of this. And she, this... She's just got a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a lot for her to do. And she's so small. I know. <laughs> like, she's, like, always described as small. Like, it, it's just so interesting how she just carries around so much stuff. Uh, I know. Like, where is she keeping these I things? I know. <laughs> and then she's climbing with all that extra weight, too. Which, exactly. Uh, this makes her slip into a memory, and she thinks about her family. Her mother had told her that wire walkers were descended from the people of the air, and that in the right light, humans could see their wings. So little Inez used Ooh. to check for her own wings all the time Aww. and wanted desperately to get on that wire. Her father mm. eventually said yes and let her start training. And of course, we know she was great at it. Right. She once fell into a net really hard and it like tossed her out and onto the ground. So she vowed like never to use a net again because of that memory. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Let's never use a net again. I know. Just because it happened to save my life. But <laughs> you know what? Let's just not do that again. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. You know, we think things weirdly sometimes. Well, <laughs> so, see, that's, sorry, that would just be horrifying for me. I'm so deathly scared of heights. Oh, and yeah. like, I would, like, one, I would never do that. I would nope. never. Nope. And... Oh my God. I, I just, you know, the crazy videos that you see on Facebook of like people like walking on wires across like yes. mountains. I can't, I can't do that. And they have the camera up even higher, like pointed down. Yeah. I can't, no, I can't watch those. I go, mm -mm. whoop, nope, scroll. Yeah. It, I would, nope. <laughs> or they're, they're like running right on the edge of like buildings. Yes. No, that makes me like. <laughs> I know what video you're talking <laughs> yes. about. I saw that one. Like the guy's like yeah, running no, on top of like this nope. crazy huge mountain. <laughs> Besides the fact that he's like running on the mountain. He's also like making sure that he's got like a great like video of it. Like, I mean, 
Nope, that gives me the heaves. Mm-hmm. Just talking about it, just thinking about it. That's scary. Whew. All right. So ah. go and edge. I mean, shake it off. Props to you, girl, because I could not. No, be, I could not do that. Nope. nope. And we and she does say the silos are way higher than what she's used to. So <laughs> even there, we go with that too. Uh, back at the silos, Nina gives a little signal, which is a quick flash of green light, and Inej starts walking out on the wire. She gets to the second silo and drops the next little weevil, and the smell of like the sugar and the sweetness takes her back to the menagerie. Oh. She is reminded of the many, many men and the way that she could disassociate herself from what they wanted of her, like she could leave her body. Until one night, a man came in saying that he recognized her, that he knew her. He had seen her as a girl performing, which I think is kind of creepy. Oh, absolutely. She had always thought of that night as the worst night ever because she wasn't able to leave her body because this guy saw her from her past. So she wasn't able to um, to untie that break between the past and the present. Yeah, she had to be present for that mm-hmm. when she, you know, obviously, like, I mean, that isn't a fun you wouldn't enjoy any of that no. so she always needs to dis- disassociate herself mm-hmm. from it and oh that's horrifying yeah and that memory makes her wonder if she could have given herself to Kaz if he had offered himself to her when she said I want you without armor on the Feraland would um. she had been able to bend herself or would she have just automatically disassociated because of the association of the menagerie. Like, would she be able to herself be herself without armor in a way? Yeah. Um, But she figured, whatever, it doesn't matter. He doesn't want me that way. And they both could just continue on in life with their armor. Yeah, they both are heavy, heavy armor. (laughs) Yes. Um, So she starts to close the hatch on the second silo and suddenly feels a hand on the back of her neck. The hand pushes her forward, and she falls into the silo. End of chapter. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. It's like, what? No. And, of course, that's where we ended. (laughs) That's it. So, well. You have to wait till next week. Yeah. But don't worry. We will. We'll get to it. We got you. We do. We got you. We got you. So, um, yeah, that definitely was a cliffhanger. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Literally. A a silo hanger. Yes, a silo <laughs> hanger. Oh, Lord. I can't even imagine, like, what looking down into that. Um, yeah, I can't. <laughs> into, like, the silo with, like, the sugar, like, and the chemicals and everything. And just, like, woo, falling uh, into it. Like, what's the chemical going to do to her? Well, ex- exactly. Because um, they weren't supposed to do something because it's. Well, yeah, like, I any mean, the, sugar, the, any... the chemical, like, the weevil is, like, kind of like, it. one, we know it's destroying it, but it's, like, eating it or it's something, like, I think of it as, a, like, an acid, so yeah. it can't be good. No, it can't. It's gonna, like, didn't it, it said, like, it would break down the sugars in their body or something like that. Something awful and horrible, so yes. what in the world is gonna happen? And who, like, whose yes. hand... who was way she, up there? Exactly. All the way up there. Oh, so many questions. I know, but we've got <sighs> answers. So, anyways, well, since we're done with that, <laughs> I guess it's that time for... 
GreeshaCast News. So, um, first off with GreeshaCast News, a very special thank you to Rose for helping us. We now have a new Twitter account, and it's um, our Twitter handle is actually at GreeshaCast. So all of our handles are GreeshaCast now. Thank Yay. you, Rose. <laughs> If you didn't notice, it used to be at Grisha Podcast. It was the only one. Mm-hmm. But now all of our, you can actually find us with just Grisha Cast. So thank you so much, Rose. That was awesome. She was really cool and got in touch with me. And um, she's a huge fan. And yeah, she says that sometimes she would love to come on. And I told her we would love for Absolutely. her too. So um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Um, and... We didn't really get anything happening this week more with the show or anything. No. They they still are talking about these um the books coming out and pre-ordering them and the little gifts that you can get. And um I definitely have gone crazy <laughs> because um like if you had to like send your receipt and I pre-ordered them the minute that like I found out. Mm -hmm. So of course, like I did it through Amazon. Well, like anyways, you get like a special gift for each book. And then if you do both books, you get also another gift. So I've like, I, I really think I've disqualified myself because I've like (laughs) sent in like my information, but like I didn't know what was really like a receipt because when you order like a book that isn't like available yet, you don't really have like a receipt. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like I have a screenshot that says when this book becomes available, pen- it like we'll let you know. Right. Anyways, so like I was like trying desperately to figure out what they needed. So I hope to God <laughs> that they like realize that poor little Eric, um, doesn't want to get disqualified. I just wanted to make sure they had the right information. Right. So, anyways, it's exciting. And, um, yeah, also another thing that I did see is, um, so I talk about those different, like, um, book um, crates and mm-hmm. fairy loot, which is one that I would love to be a part of, but I can't, <laughs> um, is having their own special version of the Shadow and Bone. But it's actually just... um. It's the one that they're selling over in, like, England. But the only difference is, is the, the pick, the, like, um, the pages have, like, the special drawing of, like, it's kind of like thorns or something on it. Oh. So, anyways, um, it'll be open for the public to be able to buy. But I'm sure since, like, I'm not a part of Fairy Loot that I won't be able to make it to get that. But, anyways... Just a little bit of news. If you are a part of Fairy Loot, lucky you. Um, I would love to be. Um, and the last little part, I brought it up last week. So the art, that special book that I've got right here, if you haven't seen it, like it, it's, it's been around for a while, Severed Moon by Lee. Um, we are... Um, One, we're kind of wanting to have like a new little segment where we have you guys, our listeners, send in, if you'd like, an entry that you wrote. Um, They're really small, so like there's not like, they're not like huge and like you wouldn't be sending in like an essay. But we know a lot of you guys are like writers and would like love to like 
share stuff. So if you want to and you want us to read it, we would love for you to do that. Um, and also, our idea is we're kind of putting together a birthday present for Lee, which is in April. And that is to send her the entries of her fans to her own journal that she wrote. So if you'd like to be a part of that, we would love for you to. Um, you just need to email us. Um, and you can email directly to mine, which is eric at grishacast.com. And if you don't have the book but want to be a part of it, just email me and I can send you one to, like, write an entry. And I believe, like, I, like 200 words is, like, the max. Like, it doesn't have mm -hmm. to be, like, so it's not it's not a lot. But I think it'd be a really cool idea and, I don't know, it'll be fun. You know, we're yeah. all about Lee and she wrote this really cool book. It's And it's all about, like, magic and, yeah. They're really kind of cool. I've been working on it myself, um, but I'm not reading you any of the stuff I've written so far because I haven't written in a while, and oh my god, it needs some work. <laughs> so, um, anyways, um, yeah. So that's it, really, for Grisha Cast news. Next week, what are we? We're going to be doing actually more than just two. We've been mm -hmm. doing yeah, just because these are short chapters. So we're going to be reading chapters. 18 through 21. So and you know some action's about to happen. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're going to find out what happened what in the silo. What is going on? Mm-hmm. So, anyways. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week and a great weekend. And, yeah, it's been an awesome show. So, um, okay, well, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. A plus. No, no mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaCast, YouTube at GrishaCast, and Facebook at GrishaCast. A special thank you for our grab. Background music created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26.